0: Hello everybody and welcome to episode 21 of the Stacey West podcast. I'm Ben and I'm joined by Gary. How you doing?
1: I'm chuckling to myself because that's the happiest you've sounded since we uh, <laughs> since we came online tonight, mate.
0: <laughs> it's post Christmas blues. Yeah, yeah. We've we've sort of had uh, we've had a little bit of a chat off air, and it's uh, it's kind of we're, we're putting on our radio voices for now. Um, yeah, Happy New Year to you. Hope everything's uh, gone well. And uh, you know, obviously, we, we spoke about Christmas last week. But uh, did did you have a, an enjoyable New Year? And was it was it a drunken one? Was it a sober one?
1: I don't drink an awful lot now. And um, we just went round to the next door neighbours, played cards against humanity, which is basically testing human decency in the extreme. Yep. Um, and I'd stop drinking about eleven because I knew I had to drive to the ground. Oh, fair so, enough. What about yourself?
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, we we pretty much um, we we had sort of a, a a fairly quiet one. Um we had the wife's cousin up with uh, with her fella, um, and we played a card game called Exploding Kittens, which is. Just as bizarre as it sounds, but
1: uh, sounds like an answer I gave on Cards Against Humanity. Actually,
0: <laughs> but uh, yep. So we'll we'll jump uh, right into the the imps games. Um, first one uh, was Saturday away at Cambridge. Uh, what did you make of it? I know you know we, we've said this a lot, but game of two halves. It's a cliche and all the rest of it, but it, it was true on Saturday, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was. I mean, I, I actually think there's a lot of similarities between the Cambridge game and the Port Vale mm-hmm. game, um, but just with different endings and that makes you feel different about about the match because I thought for long periods in the first half, we, were, we weren't we were just second best, we were third best. Cambridge were better than us and the referee was also better than us as well. I think, you know, we we will, I'll stop short saying woeful because we didn't go on Boxing Day and I don't want to outdo mm-hmm. that, Um and then I thought when we came out in the second half, you know, that we'll use Danny, Danny's favourite terms. We had intensity, we had purpose, we went in quick, all, all that sort of stuff. And we got a result where perhaps a draw was worthy. Now, on reflection, we've come away from that going, brilliant, win away at Cambridge, and you look at MK Dons have lost, and Mansfield have drawn, and you're kind of thinking, what a great afternoon that is. Whereas in actual fact, we played pretty much the same, you know, in another game that we're going to analyse, just with a slightly different outcome. So, Yeah. More about yourself? You were
0: there, weren't I you? I was, yeah. We um it was my first uh, my first away day of the season actually, which was um which was quite nice. Um I mean we were we were made to feel about as welcome as a fart in a lift by uh, the Cambridge um setup. I mean we weren't allowed to get a beer in the ground beforehand and they said if you want to get a beer you've got to get a bus into town which will take fifteen minutes and if you want some food you've got Mackeys down the road or it's you know, you're shit out of luck. So, yeah, it wasn't the the, the greatest of starts. But um, I mean, you mentioned the referee there. I I thought he had a particularly poor game on Saturday. Um, I don't think it was a dirty game, but you look at the stats, and there were forty two fouls. I think it said. Um, and when you when you're looking at you know a game that's got forty two fouls you expect it to be full of yellow cards, red cards here, there and everywhere. But it just wasn't. He, he, I think at the time I compared him to a guy who'd gone to a really bad rave in the 90s and he was just wanting to blow his whistle at every possible opportunity. Um, I was I was really disappointed with the referee's performance, to be honest, and I just think had we come away with a different result, that would potentially have been the focus of the day. But... um. Yeah, I mean, the first half we were we were dreadful. I, I didn't think we had much to to shout about um, in the first half, and then second half obviously came out and Neil Early scored. I mean, I was sat behind that free kick, and you couldn't have put it in a better place. It was right bang top corner, um, just a wonderful goal. And I think at that point we started to think, and you know, a lot of City fans started to think, right, we can we're going to go on and win this. I think at as soon as that ball hit the back of the net, there was only really one winner at that point. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, obviously, you know, John Akindy. I've seen people describe it as a, as a, uh, like a scruffy goal or a, um, you know, like a, a, a scrambled goal. And I actually think it was a fairly decent finish, you know, it sort of, to get it on the turn and, and to get it past the keeper, it was, if you look at it on its face, yeah, it, it is a fairly, you know, two yards out and he scuffs it over the line but he, to get himself in that position he did really well and um it's something that we spoke about on Saturday and I actually think um Akindi and Reed played really well together um what, what was your take on the 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 sort of new partnership up front
1: um it was a fledgling partnership I could see where it had its benefits uh, really shocked we didn't actually go with it on Saturday, but I suppose when you've got so many games in close proximity, it's easy to judge teams. Uh, not Saturday, sorry, um, New Year's Day. But so many games, you know, close proximity. We don't know who's fit and who's not. Mm. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting. I, I agree with you again. I didn't feel particularly welcomed by Cambridge United. Um, one burger bar behind the stand, you know, pissed on my shoes at half-time because there's no lights in the toilet. It's just... You know, if we did that at Lincoln, you get your crew crew fans going online saying what a bad experience it is because they're in one corner and they've they've only got two burger wagons. What what must they think? Mm. These teams aren't geared up to take two thousand fans. um, Which you know, fair play, I suppose they might not need lights. Probably Forest Green don't have lights in their toilets to save energy. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe it's a thing. Maybe it's a thing I've missed out on Um, and maybe drunk people don't mind wearing on their shoes, but I had a a rather nice new pair of kind of booted brogues that I'm fond of and I don't like you wearing on them. (laughs) Um, In terms of the partnership, I I thought John Akindi had a really good game. I like to see him running off. Reid, I thought, um, although we were poor in first half, I thought in the second half they did work well. Reed won everything in the air. He always does. People complain that Kindy doesn't win as many headers as Reed. No, he doesn't. That's right, um, because that's what Matt Reed does. You know, Kindy ran a lot further than Matt Reed did, but people don't complain about that. Mm. Two different types of players. Um Early's free kick. Saw somebody say postage stamp. If you put if that if you class that as a postage stamp, you're putting it on the wrong side of the envelope. It needs to be on the right side. Your postage stamp, not the left. <laughs> um, and then um, Akindi's goal. Yeah, it looked scruffy. You know, he's not going to win goal of the season for it. Uh, but it was a typical Lincoln goal. Early on yeah. the diagonal, Reed nods it down, and, and then Johnny Kindy does what we need somebody to do. And to a degree, that partnership, Reed and Akindi, might actually be the one that sees us through. But if it does, there needs to be changes elsewhere on the field because we've we've still got that, that, that kind of gap and it it was blatant against Cambridge and then we'll move on in a second to Port Vale where it's blatant again. We've got good central midfield players, but we don't seem to be able to pick the ball up. Mm. We don't seem to be able... I mean, people complain about passing forward. I'm not going to worry about that. They go, oh, we're always passing sideways. Yeah, that's football. You stretch the defence, you look for the opening. It happens. Try playing FIFA on world-class, you'll know what passing sideways is all about. Mm. But it's when players, opposition players, get the ball and move into the final third with the ball at their feet. We're not putting challenges in. And, And... you know, it happened with the goal uh, for Port Vale, but it happens quite a lot. Talented players can carry the ball forward. You saw it for Cambridge's goal. Um, okay, Bosy slipped, but their player carried the ball what, twenty, twenty-five yards, laid it out wide. Nobody tracking the runner. Yeah. So, that, that you know, I'm not saying there's a there's, there's a problem, but these are just developmental points. I think,
0: aren't they? yeah, and I, I think that was the um, that was my overriding feeling when you watched. I mean, you you watched it, and obviously there is this there's this assumption, there's this perception of Lincoln city being a long ball team. And I think when, when we play Reed, regardless of who he plays up front with, we do tend to drop back into that mindset and we do tend to sort of lump it forward a little bit more than we normally would do. And, you know, for my money, I think we've got three of the best midfield players, uh, you know, three of the best central midfielders in the league. Um, When you look at the the squad and you look at, you know, the players that we've got and for large chunks of the game, when you're trying to get it up to the strikers, you, we're not using them. You know, we're not we're not utilising that strength. We're not utilising the the, the the not necessarily creative flair, but you, you're not using the skill that we've got in that central midfield to to put the ball about. And it's it's frustrating to watch sometimes. Um,
1: when we have tried to do that, Oldham away as a case point, if they don't play, everything collapses. Yeah. Hence, I, I, to be honest, I think the whole Reed Route One thing is was more um, reflective of how many games we had to play in, in close proximity rather than a change of tactic. But it is something you know we can always get Reed on, and like, we don't go particularly long, as in okay, there's a few a few big balls from the back, but it's not constant long hopeful balls. Mm. Neil Erdley's ball for Reed to flick on was played just inside the attacking half. Yeah. is that a long ball? Or is it actually a 30-yard pass to head? Well, I, I, I mean, don't, this you
0: know. is this is something that um, I thought about because there was a big, you know, there was a lot made of um, the pass from um, Alisson, from, you know, Liverpool's keeper the other day. And he, you know, he belted it from his own penalty area and he, he basically found the feet of, of oh, I can't remember who it was up front now. It's like, if that was Lincoln, oh, long ball Lincoln, but, you know, when it's Liverpool's goalkeeper, oh, what a pass. It's It's frustrating to see, but I mean... For me, I don't know. I just think when you're bypassing the midfield as much as we were on Saturday, it's going to come back and bite you. Um, and don't get me wrong, I was you know I was delighted with the win on Saturday. Absolutely chuffed a bit because we came home um, about 60 minutes in, you know, about an hour into the game, me and I was sat next to my wife in the stand and I was grumpy as all fuck. I was sat there just going, oh, I'm done. Bloody fed up, bloody hell, this is bloody rubbish crap, crap. And then um, yeah, you know we we popped up with the two goals in five minutes, and uh, we hung on for the win, and we did hang on because you know it was it was a very tense last few minutes, and um, that uh, that little goal mouth scramble as well. Uh, it, it was so funny from where we were sat because all we saw was people throwing themselves down, blocking the ball, um, you know, tackles going in and, and making sure nothing happened. And then their guy had a shot and because of all the bodies around the place, you couldn't really see what was happening. And then out of nowhere, Grant Smith just appeared above this pile of bodies to tip the ball around the, you know, tip ball around the post. It was so so funny, but
1: I am um, glad yeah. you mentioned that because I I thought Grant Smith had a superb game. He, uh, I think he's actually had a good pair of games. There.
0: Yeah, he did. Um, I thought he had a really good game against Cambridge, and to be honest, I thought he had a, a, a good game against Vale as well. Um, well, I mean, is there anything more you want to say on Cambridge um, before we move on to Port Vale? Or
1: yeah, I am just hack- hacked off. We took it all out of them, and then they went and rolled over and had their belly tickled at MK Dance. <laughs> But people are going. Well, we must be that bad because you know we were hanging on, and then K Don's beat them six 0 Um, ridiculous, Ur- utterly ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It was what a, a two day gap yeah. played on the twenty ninth. Two days played so you know the, the results on New Year's Day, if you look historically, are always a little bit strange. I mean, we went to Luton and uh, last year, didn't we? There was two sent off. We were two one up after twenty minutes or whatever. Yeah. They had They were unbeaten. So there's always odd results and I'm not saying when we start talking about Port Vale that it's an odd result but there's always teams that suddenly pull a, a six goal thriller out the bag and you know it'll settle down again now and uh, yeah I had, Cambridge will be alright I think Cambridge will be fine. Interesting that I was Yeah told, I, mean, I, I mean Gary they, Deegan didn't play did he? Who sorry? Gary Deegan didn't play for them. I don't know if he was suspended but he he's a good player um, and I think they missed him.
0: Mm. Um yeah I mean to be honest I didn't think they were a bad side um you know they they know what they need to do um and i think if they play like they did on saturday um they've not really got anything to worry about but um okay so we'll move on to port vale um and in much the same way that the second half was better than the first half i think it was it was the alternate way round for for Port Vale i think we had a we had a decent spell for about half an hour in the first half where we played some good football we got it down you know we we played the neat little triangles we we stretched the game out a little bit and um then it seemed to fall apart in the second half really didn't it
1: yeah i mean i uh, i thought first 10 minutes i thought we were terrible absolutely terrible um i yeah you know, i Port Vale really came at us. We obviously looked lethargic and people say oh, too much Christmas cheer. But it, it was heavy legs. And Danny says a mental fitness. Not, not too sure about that. But um, mm. certainly, yeah, we look to have had a a lot of games in a short space of time. Port Vale had as well. You know, it's the same for both. I'm not using that as an excuse. And then, like you say, I thought we did all right. Um, I thought we stretched the game nicely. I, I don't mind seeing the passes going side to side. I really don't because... Mm. You're trying to pull the defence apart. Certainly when you're trying to break a team down like Port Vale had six, seven, eight men behind the ball at all times, really, when we were coming forward. You've got to take your time. Yeah, it's alright saying play it forward, but where to? Where do you play it forward to? You play it into Matt Reed who had two players on him, play it out wide to Harry Anderson, who's, who then gets boxed into a corner. Had, it's not that simple. You don't just press a button and it goes it goes mm. forward. You've got to pass sideways. You know, but Alex Woodyard suffered. People used to have a go at him for doing it. They have a go at Lee Frecklington for doing it. But that's what midfielders have to do. Mm-hmm. We had some good chances as well, not clear cut. But you know, Harry nodded one over. Um Matt Reed nodded one into the keeper's hands from a Harry Cross. There was Neil Irby's free kick again, or well, Jason Shackle, wasn't it? Sorry, it wasn't. Yeah, it it was Shackle. It was yeah. Jason. Yeah, he didn't hit it with anything like as much venom. Um and, you know, I went in at, at halftime. I kind of sat back and thought, yeah, all right, well, we're going to press on and we're going to do well in this game. Uh, and then it all it all kind of went a little bit wrong. I thought Port Vale came out. They go long a lot to Tom Pope, and rightly so, because Pope does for them what Reed does for us. Mm. He's an agitator. Never looked like scoring himself, but certainly, you know, he scored a lot of goals in, in this season and in his career. So, um Yeah, second half, you know, we dropped off,
0: didn't we? That was the same. Yeah, I think as soon as we scored, there was a big sigh of relief around the ground. I think um, uh, the atmosphere seemed to be a little bit dulled, presumably because of, you know, the fact it was New Year's Day and a lot of people were probably sat there nursing a hangover. But it um, it, something didn't necessarily feel right um, on on Tuesday. But it was just, it was really strange. Um, As soon as we scored, we just sort of sat back and, you know, let people let, let Port Vale come at us. And the, the warning shot was there, uh, obviously just before their, their goal, um, they rattled the crossbar. Um, and that was a moment when I think a few people just thought, right, we need to tighten something up here because we're, we're looking a little bit shaky. Um, and unfortunately it, um, it it just didn't work. Um, and, uh, let's be honest. It was a worldie for the equalizer. Um, it was an absolutely stunning strike. He uh, must have been about twenty-five yards at least. And when you think, if somebody's going to get a goal like that, you just think, okay, right. Well, hold your hands up. We've yeah, we've we've, we've let this one slip. Um, it was coming for a while, and I think on the balance of it, they were probably good for the point. Um, but. It was just one of those frustrating things where, again, we've not kept a clean sheet. And, you know, we've we've said about Grant Smith having a couple of good games. I thought he had an excellent game, but you cannot stop that shot. You just can't. um,
1: Shouldn't have needed to. No. Should have scored more beforehand. We scored five goals from corners against them at their place earlier in the year. We had one corner and scored from it on Saturday. Why weren't we taking pot shots, hammer Mm. the ball at the keeper, try and rattle some, win corners, because they can't deal with them. And... I don't, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure whether the this whole, you know, the atmosphere feels damp thing. I, I, I think that's, we're never going to always have a positive atmosphere at Central Bank. Unfortunately, that's football these days. Um, you know, you get people like you say who are hungover. You get people who give their tickets to someone else who are coming along to watch the game. Mm. And people are going, oh, you know, the whole ground doesn't sing. Well, here's a news flash for you every other country in the every other club in the country has exactly the same problem yeah. the whole ground doesn't sing all the time anywhere and people going online sort of saying oh block 2 weren't singing <laughs> some people go to football and don't sing yeah and you know there uh, there's a responsibility to play a certain not a certain way i don't think we should dictate how Danny plays um but, you know, people were saying there wasn't enough to cheer. Well, I, mean, I counted those three chances in the first half, and that's just sat here in front of my computer now. Mm. Okay, it's not free-flowing, tearing teams apart, Liverpool-style, um, as you sort of mentioned them a little bit earlier. But it's League 2 football. Mm. And, yeah, I, I think it was, the, it was one of those... It was the New Year's Day game, and it's like I've already alluded to, and I'm not using it as an excuse... But I, th- I always think New Year's Day is an odd one to have football. And I'm I'm with Danny and I'm, I'm not using it as an excuse, but there's too much
0: football
1: mm. for a boxing day, a game in between New Year's dates It's too much. It, it really is too much. And when we play Everton, is it going to be something like five games in 15 days by the time that we we play Everton? Yeah. It's, too, I, it's just, for me, that's madness. And, you know, Danny alluded a little to the mental health of the players and that sort of thing. Again, you know, they're the professionals. It's what they get paid to do. If you have to go in five times to work over Christmas at, at your place, you know, you don't kind of say that. But it's just, it, yeah. For me, drop one of the games, and then maybe, you're, maybe nine points over Christmas for grabs, not twelve. But
0: yeah, I mean, I the the thing is, I I didn't, I don't enjoy sitting here and and throwing criticisms about or you know the the the, the feedback. I just think when um when Danny comes out after the game and says x y Z you know oh there's too many games and all this it it does it does almost sound like an excuse, and I know that's not how he would want you know how how he'd want it to be taken, but it's i mean the easy answer is well, it's the same for everybody, and Port Vale seemed fresher at the end of the game than we did you know they they seemed like they were up for it a bit more so they've probably played the same amount of games as we have in the same amount yeah, of time.
1: They didn't bother turning up on the site. They did they They got stuff 4 one at home by Oldham, So they barely broke a
0: sweat. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> I don't know. I just, there's something that there's something that doesn't quite sit right with me about having that as a, as a reason for, for, you know, not winning the game. I mean, I, I do agree with him to, a, you know, like you say, to, to a point where you just say, well, it is too much to play in that short space of time. Um, it's you know for those that follow the the club home and away it's a very expensive time of year anyway and then all of a sudden you've got five games in fifteen days or whatever it is you know five games in two weeks that's crazy yeah you know if, if you're going to if you're going to all those games um, on top of Christmas as well it's it's nice to have football to go to but at the same time it's probably a little bit insane um,
1: here's another thing do you think it's fair that we played two away games, Boxing Day and the Saturday, while Port Vale played two home games on Boxing Day and the Saturday. Surely they should be alternate. So in that short space mm. of time, we've actually travelled away twice over the Christmas period, whereas Port Vale's players have been home by six o'clock. It might not make a difference, mm. but you know, it's not a short journey to Crew. It's not a short journey particularly to Cambridge. You know, All the fans who, who made it will testify to that. Mm. I don't know. I just, I, yeah, I, to I'd... conclude, sorry, go on.
0: No, I was saying I, I don't know. I think I, I just think there's always a a bit of a, a grumble about the fixtures at some point, and it's it seems to be that that's that it's a fair point. You know, I just, I just think that it's it's something that I don't I don't know how you solve it. Like, do you make it so that everybody has the alternating game over Christmas, uh, Christmas and New Year, or do we have two games? You know, would it be Boxing Day at, at home and then? the 29th away then New Year's Day at home because then you're going to have people going, well, we, we went Boxing Day away and we were, you know, away on New Year's Day. We need to have one mm. of those as a home game. It's it's difficult to, to judge it.
1: Drop a fixture. That's the only way. Yeah. Drop a fixture. Take it, you know, fans find it hard. Mm. Everybody wants, I mean, I was chatting to, and I won't name him, but I was chatting to a very, very high-profile Lincoln fan who nearly everybody will recognise on Saturday. He said to me, I didn't go to crew because I've just had Christmas and there was the games before Christmas and there was Cambridge away and there's this game and buying for the kids. He said, But I felt I felt bad then because I haven't gone to crew. You feel like you're less of a fan. You feel like if you admit it to people, you're a plastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, it's not fair on anybody, the Christmas period. But yeah, at the end of the day, we've come out of Christmas seven points from 12. Mm. Not ideal. Danny targeted eight from 12. If we take seven points from 12 available from every block of four games between now and the end of the season, we'll go up in third place. So, you know, okay, people want to win the title. I'd like to win the title. But if we get promoted, uh, kicking off in August, no one will give a rat's ass whether we finish Mm. third, second or first. You know, if we're hosting Mm. Ipswich away on the... or travelling to Ipswich on the first day. So, But positives from Christmas. Harry Anderson.
0: Oh, what a player. Had two... Two excellent games at um, at Cambridge and and against Vale. I think um, the observation that I made on uh, at the Cambridge game was that he was he was doing all right down the right hand side. Then Bruno went off, and um, you know Kellen Gordon came on, and Harry switched over to the left. And for me, that's what changed the game. Um, that's what seemed to flip things on its head. And I don't think they knew how to handle that because all of a sudden you've got somebody cutting in and making the run rather than, you know, bombing it down the wing and, and trying to put the cross in. You had somebody trying to get it on his right foot and, and running in and, and, like, running at the defenders rather than trying to get past them. Um, and I think it scared the life out of them. Obviously, it won them the free kick, which led to Wordley's goal. Um, yeah, I think he had a, a superb second half on uh, on Saturday and I think he had a, an equally good game on uh, on Tuesday. Uh, For the full 90. And I I hope it continues in terms of his form. I hope it doesn't mean that, you know, we'll we'll lose him because I think there's a lot of people paranoid all of a sudden that, you know, he's going to have bids left, right, and centre. And to be honest, I don't care if he does have bids left, right, and centre. He's not a player that I think anybody will want to let go. And as a result, I think he'll still be here in February. I think he'll still be here in the season and and beyond.
1: I agree. I'm I'm not even. Um, pandering to the people that are worrying about the outgoings. If it happens, it happens. Lincoln City are a selling club. Any team that's not Barcelona or Real Madrid are a selling club when the right price comes in. Mm. And just that's, you know, Exeter City, close to losing Stockley. Northampton, close to losing Kevin Van Veen. Um, if it happens, it happens. And, you know, that's something you live with in League yeah. Two. Um, the, probably the only club in League Two who we're not going to, uh, who can not lose a player to a, a rival or a team in League One's probably MK Dons. If the rumours of them bidding seven hundred fifty thousand for Stockley are true, if it is true as well, that's an obscene amount of money to be spending <laughs> to try and get out of League Two. It's yeah. frightening.
0: Yeah, I, 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 I mean, let let's just put this rumor to bed as well because I know that there's a lot of people going, oh, we're going to sign Jaden Stockley." We're not. Like, we're not going to sign Jaden Stockley. And I'm I'm gonna put it on record on the podcast as well, because I'll put it on Twitter and I've put it everywhere else. If we sign Jaden Stockley in this transfer window, I will stand in the centre circle with my arse out because it's not happening.
1: I won't let you. I've tried it. You can't get on you can't get on the pitch with your ass out. So I did stand in the centre circle once actually with the with, uh, with one of my love eggs vitally exposed by accident. <laughs> poach poacher suit um misfunction malfunction but you can read all about that when the book finally finally comes out yeah that was that was frightening no it's not amazing no 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 it's not amazing at all you know there's no i now have nightmares about it that it was one of those nightmares you have you know where you're in public and you're naked well i mean luckily it was during the national league so there was hardly anybody was actually going to notice and it was cold (laughs) as well
0: which made it even less visible
1: (laughs) so anyway do you think we'll put put christmas to bed now
0: yeah i think that's that's a decent enough um decent enough way to do it i think uh we've been underperforming um but we've ground out as you say seven points from 12 um two wins and a draw it's it, yeah like you say you, you take an average of two points a game carry on going the way we're going and there is a strong chance that we'll win the league and a more or less guaranteed that we'll go up but um We'll move on to a little bit of uh of, of comings and goings, mainly goings, um in the uh in the transfer window. Uh it's it's a goodbye uh to Juan Luque, uh which is I mean, I, I think it's a bit unfortunate. Um I I think he's he, he's not really proven what he could have done. Uh that's probably his own fault, to be fair. But at the same time, I don't know, I think you mentioned in the blog about, you know, that there was a story about him training on the AstroTurf just before games and things like that. And I think, could it have been a lack of fitness or could it have just been something that Danny wasn't seeing? Um, it was one of those feel good stories, wasn't it? Where this this guy that had been trying for years and years and years to get a professional deal, finally got a deal with with Lincoln City Um and it's, it's sad that it's not worked out, but he was at the end of his contract and he hadn't done enough to warrant signing him on permanently. So, hmm.
1: Yeah. But just about sums it up, doesn't it? Um, mm. can't call him Wang cause it's spelt Joan. Um, so Joan Luque. I, I you know, I, from what I saw of him, I thought he had, he had nice ball control. He, he had a little bit of talent about him, a little bit of technique about him, but he was naive. Um, so yeah. you might call it green, you know, Kind of, he chased every ball, and he was desperate to be involved. And the football league doesn't demand that. The football league demands that you play positionally and you play cleverly, and you know you don't always look for the forward pass, which we've already touched on. You don't always look for the forward run. Sometimes you have to go back, um mm. whether it's to the defense, whether it's sideways, and and you know Luke. For me, his career st- with Link City ended the second Bromley stopped picking him. Yeah. Um, And I've seen on Twitter that he said that he wasn't injured while he was at Bromley. So it it was something else, was it attitude? Because it was not ability. Mm. He's got the ability for the National League, certainly for someone like Bromley. I think, you know, they should be able to accommodate him one way or another. Yeah. So, but it is what it is. He was given six months. We now don't have that wage burden for six months. And no matter what people say, we're not flush with cash. We're not cash Mm. rich. Somebody texted me today and said, yeah, well, we got half a million pounds from Matt, Matt Green. Genuine text. Someone telling me that half, a lot of people are telling me half a million pounds for Matt Green. Get in the fucking bin. You haven't got clothes. And Stuart, I apologize for that, by the way. I know you were only told it. Um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, it, the, it, the rumor
0: uh, is that it was I what don't... the rumor is it's around a hundred grand for Matt Green. And I think that's from what, from what's been said, obviously it's, it's an undisclosed fee, um, which, or, you know, of which there are many in, uh, in this league and around the club. But I think a, a six-figure sum for a player that's um, 31 and out of contract in the summer, I think is a fantastic bit of business for the club. Um, although it's it's sad to see him go. Um, yeah, we
1: discussed this last time out, I know, but interesting mm-hmm. that Danny said he supported the decision to sell Matt Green. don't know if you heard yeah, that. Yeah,
0: I did. And that, that was something that I wanted to talk about because that, that was an interesting way of phrasing it. Um. What what are your thoughts on on that particular wording? Because to me, it sounds a bit like it was. Uh, well, if you want some money for the transfer window, you've got to sell Matt Green.
1: No, I think it's a business decision. I think it's, Mm. Danny, what contract are you going to offer Matt Green? I'm going to offer him a one-year contract. Matt's not going to want the one-year contract, so he's going to walk away for free in the summer. Is he? Is that right? Well, then we'd better recoup some cash for him. Are you in agreement with that, Danny? Yes, I am. So then they've put it to Danny. He said it. If the initial rumours were true going back to the summer of 2017, we paid Matt Green a substantial amount of money as a signed non-fee. And I'd heard a six-figure sum mentioned. I don't believe it. But I would say that there was a big five-figure sum paid to Matt Green to sign. Mm. So we've made an initial outlay, whether we've paid a transfer fee for him or not. He's come in, he's done a job. He would have stayed at the club, but if we'd offered him, I mean, what is he, 33 or 32 today or tomorrow?
0: Yeah, he's 32 this month.
1: Yeah, early on as well. Mm. So he would have been 34 and still have six months of a contract to run, and we could be a top League One club at the time. So, yeah. That, you know, it's a decision and at the end of the day it's not always the manager that makes that decision they're going to put that to danny and mm. if they say to him right well we've got the hundred thousand you've got that to spend now um you know, danny says well can you find another 650 to sign Jaden stockley to keep all the people on the internet happy and <laughs> the, the board say no i'm afraid i can't and danny says oh well uh, i'll play it coy then I'll, I'll play it coy and with that on the radio and people kind of then say on when they hear him on the radio and they go, oh, he doesn't sound hopeful about signings, does he? No, he never does. That's Danny. He doesn't tell you he's injured. He doesn't tell you he's fit. He doesn't tell you what Mm. tactics he's going to play. Danny is a master when he's talking to the radio of saying nothing at all in as many words as possible. Mm. Listen to him. He never gives anything away. He'll say things like, uh, oh, we haven't really got any money to sign anybody. Um, We're only going to be dipping in free transfers and loan markets. Then he went out and paid... Rumoured to be one hundred twenty five, hundred fifty thousand pounds for John O'Kinde. That wasn't a mm. free transfer. That wasn't no. a, a free agent. So he's not going to tell us anything. And anybody listening to it on the radio and thinking, Phew, I'm not not excited about this transfer window." Sort yourselves out. We'll sign mm. somebody. And it, we haven't always had good transfer windows. And I'll you know granted last January where we missed out on a striker. The January before when Theo Robinson walked out and um, all that sort of stuff. So it's it's not always gone well for us. But most of our transfer windows have had players come in who have later gone on to better the club in some way or another. And last January, we signed Lee Frecklington. We signed Tom Pett, two players who have had a real significant impact for the football club over the past year. Um, and yeah. we will sign somebody in this transfer window who in a year's time will be saying, well, he was a good signing. And we will sign somebody in this transfer window who in a year's time will say, why the hell does he keep playing him at right back? He's definitely a centre-back. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Um, while um, we're on the subject... So, let's... I mean, you wanted to talk briefly about uh, somebody that's allegedly been seen as well.
1: Yeah, that, I, just, I was just about to segue into that. I think we both started that segue. It was interesting. <laughs> um, Lewis Travis is the player mm. that I would like to talk about now. Uh, I did a blog on Lewis uh, last month. Can't remember when it was, sometime around the 18th, I think. Uh, he had been linked by HITC Sports, which I classed as, uh, classed as a relatively good source of news, not perfect one, but a relatively good source, um, mm-hmm. that he was being chased by us, Blackpool, Wickham, Plymouth. Um, and that was going uh, to be a loan deal. He's from Blackburn Rovers, so it fitted with the whole Scott Wharton thing. Uh, I don't think our relationship with Blackburn would have soured because of Scott's lack of game time. I think a football man like Mowbray will see that we've got Shackle and Boswick and understand why. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Lewis Travis was seen at the game. Uh, by oh, okay. again a relatively decent source uh, a relatively trustworthy person at the Newport game he was seen um, which kind of adds a little bit of gravity to it now he's a right-sided player who can operate at right back so that puts him in Callan Gordon James Wilson territory um, he can operate right midfield and he can play in the centre of midfield as well highly rated at Ewood Park former Liverpool youth player and they're looking to get him some first team football and um, It'd be really interesting. (laughs) Really, really interesting acquisition if we did go for him. I can see us tapping into the loan market. Mm. I can see us bringing in young players uh, in place of the likes of Bernard Mensah, I think we'll go back. Scott Wharton, I think we'll go back. Um, He can operate Mm. at right backs, real off cover for Neil Hurdley. Yeah, it's interesting. It is. Um, And to bring a player in with a little bit of versatility, whether he would play much in the centre midfield would be really interesting because obviously we've got several of our own players there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking at this now. Um, there was a piece on, uh, I've just sort of done a, a quick bit of Google Foo, um, and there's a piece on the Lancashire Telegraph yesterday uh, where he said that Tony Mowbray admits under-23s football isn't giving Lewis Travis what he needs as he considers whether to allow the Rovers midfielders to leave on loan this month. So I think he's... Um, it sounds like he's keen, um, and it does say here that a host of League One clubs are keen to sign the 20-year-old. So if we do sign him, it looks like it's going to be a bit of a coup. It, it's, I'll be honest, he's not a name that I'm overly familiar with, but uh, yeah, it certainly seems like he's, he's well-regarded at Blackburn. So,
1: I think the former Liverpool thing kind of adds a little bit of gravity. I think when you look at players, if you look at where they serve their youth, it gives you an idea of, of what kind of stage they're at or what stage stage they've been at. And if you've mm-hmm. got Liverpool, Man United, Tottenham, Arsenal, something like that you should really be up to the standard of League One or League Two. You know, you You've got players like Tafari mm. Moore coming out of the Arsenal setup, going straight into Plymouth. You've got uh, Dujon Sterling from uh, Chelsea has gone in at Coventry. So the, the players at that level should be playing senior football in League One or League Two. And then when you start dropping down a bit, you know, you're know, Bournemouth youngsters, they're kind of mm. League Two, National League. If you've come from Liverpool, you've got a bit about you. But we'll see. We'll see how that... Develops and pans out because while we're talking about Liverpool, I suppose that segues nicely into our final section, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, it does. Um, there was that lad at the Cavern Club that got uh, decked <laughs> while playing "Sweet Caroline." Um, no, of course it's. It makes sense to to talk about Everton. Um, it's. Uh, I think it's a distraction, isn't it? Um, it's. It's a day out. It's. Uh, it's. It's a game that. Let's be honest. I, I don't think it's a game that we're going to win uh, unless Everton put out a severely weakened side. I don't think it's a game that we're going to to do anything with. Um, I mean, we've said that before. We said that against Ipswich. We said that against Burnley. We said that against Brighton. Um, but it's a different setup now. It's a different time. Um, and I think we were, we were talking before the pod and it was one that I think you said is somewhat controversially you said that you're not overly enamoured with it and you're not overly looking forward to it no
1: not at all not even slightly and maybe maybe that's just because I'm a miserable bugger I've just turned 40 and Christmas is over um it really struck me on the way home I was listening to Michael O'Connor uh, post-match and he was saying oh we can all look forward to Everton now it's going to be a great day out for the fans and they deserve it and I thought no we don't we deserve three points against Port Vale or we deserve to be promoted if that's what the fans you know if, it, if it's about us could can't give a toss about mm. going over to Goodison Park and watching us play Everton Reserves win <laughs> lose or draw um, and the FA Cup run was brilliant when we were in the National League but it was about more it was about restoring pride it was about all those years where we'd been losing to Car Sholton and North Ferriby, and here we were you know we are in the FA Cup final, little old Lincoln mm. we're not little old Lincoln now we're League Two leaders, Lincoln, and we're not going to win yeah. the FA Cup. We're not going to get to the quarter final of the FA Cup, and mm. we've got our payday. It's brilliant, Yeah, Let's all go over to Everton. But just everything that it's created as well—people mm. bickering about tickets and you know, oh, we, we deserve this—and five thousand five hundred people going over there when where where? And I'm not one of these people that says, yeah, but the important game was Cambridge. But where's the extra three thousand? why is it that people want to travel in those numbers to watch Everton? Me, you know, I've, I've been away to other games. I don't go to every game. I'm going away to watch Lincoln, but a lot of people are going over there because it's Everton and that's wrong. And I just, maybe, I don't know. I I, I should be more excited about it, but I'm really not. And mm. I hope we, and I know that when I go there and we kick off and we're in the stadium and it's a great day for Lincoln City, but football's not about days out for me. If you go into football for a day out, you're going for the wrong reason. Football's about winning games. And when we, I've never watched Arsenal back. People say to me, oh, I watched our game against mm. we Arsenal back. Can't do it because we lost 5-0. I'm not going to watch Lincoln get, losing 5-0. It's like watching a kitten getting kicked to death. Oh, but it's your favourite kitten. Watch a video of your favourite kitten. It's getting kicked to death though. I'm not interested. <laughs> um, yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I. I just think... I I totally get where you're coming from on that one. And and there've been people that, um, people that I've, you know, close friends of mine that, that will come to one game a season, two games a season at home. Um, And then when, you know, if, if there is a big game, it'll be like, Oh, well, you know, I might try and get a ticket for that. And they'll, yeah, they'll, they'll come along to the check trade final, or they'll try and get a ticket for Arsenal until they find out that it's all season tickets, or they'll try and get a ticket for uh, for, for for Everton and then find out. Oh well, there's not even enough to cover your season tickets. It's I I understand it from the sort of casual fan point of view is that oh yeah, well, you know we can get a, a nice day out to a big stadium and have a good day out with it, and we'll have a good time. It's like I I understand that, and I completely understand why people would want to do it, but. Like you say, at the end of it, we're in the, we're in this position now where we are top of the league. We are we're fighting to, to get promotion this season, and the mentality's changed a little bit um, within the club and and within the fan base. And I'm just wondering, is it one of those things where, yes, it's kind of nice to, to get that day out if you want to use that phrase, but at the same time, like like you say. You, we're in this mindset now that we're going in to win games and we want to win every game that we play. And I don't think it's going to be a... I just don't think it's going to be a win on Saturday. But as long as we give a good showing of ourselves and a good account of ourselves, I don't think we can embarrass ourselves, to be honest.
1: I mean, typically I have done the usual breakdown. It is an away game. It is an opponent. It is in a real proper competition rather than Mm. a... A Mickey Mouse one, so um, just to give it the usual. Everton tend to play a four-two-three-one formation, um, not entirely unlike our own, I suppose, in that they've got two wide players and a player who kind of sits behind the the, the main striker. Mm. Um, hard to say who's going to play. Uh, they played a relatively strong side in their League Cup game, first round game. They played Rotherham though, so they were playing a Championship side. We saw Martin Steckenberg in goal. Rather than uh, Jordan Pickford. Mm. But of course, Pickford has conceded five past the, from by Lincoln before, so it wouldn't be entirely terrible if we saw Pickford. Could see any mixture hmm. of players. I mean, Dominic Calvert Lewin um, is one who is likely to get a run out, although he did play this weekend. Uh, Senk Tosun, who was one of the summer sign ins, um, hasn't started as many games as he would like, so he'll probably start up top. Zadamola Luckman, £10 million worth of youngster who's Again, likely to get a game. So When you talk about weakened teams, you're not talking about bad players. James McCarthy played, signed for 13 mm. million from Wigan, and he's played no football in 12 months. Might play. Uh, um, so it'll be interesting, and I might even see Theo Walcott, who's obviously uh, opened the scoring against uh, Arsenal, didn't he? As well, uh, yes. Of course, Michael Keane, yeah. who obviously was in Matt Reed's back pocket for much of the Burnley game. What is very interesting uh, is 10 of the 31 goals conceded by Everton under Marco Silva, and you'll find this out in a blog that I've released earlier today, um, Mm. have come from dead ball situations. And his record at Watford and Hall is even worse. In total, since arriving in England, Silva's teams have conceded 111 goals and 41 of those have come from set pieces.
0: Um, Now, I know it's... I mean, we all know what... um I was to say, we all know what uh, what happens at our set pieces when, uh, well, when we've got a, a certain Mr. Raggett in the team. But do you reckon, um, I mean, do, do you think there's a chance of an upset? There's always a honest. chance of an upset.
1: 11 v 11, 90 minutes. Then what have what um, they done? 1-1 in 10, 1 in 9?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was it was interesting to watch the uh, the reaction to the... The, the Leicester game at the weekend, obviously they, um, you know, they, they lost again and it was, it was one where I think there's some, I think some of their fans are starting to get a little bit twitchy and I think they're to a lesser degree, it's kind of the same sort of uh, what's the word I'm looking for. The, it's a similar situation to, to when we played mm. Arsenal in that they, you know, their fans desperately want a, a result. They desperately want a win. They want to be able to see that you know, their players are, are Doing what they need to do, and all the rest of it, you know. I think it's, uh, well, it's not as severe as as what happened with Arsenal, and you know, for for what it's worth, I think that situation was a bit of a joke because, yeah, but I, I, I don't know. I just think it's, um, it, it's interesting to watch some of the, uh, to, or to read some of the comments as well on their uh, on their forums. I think when when the draw was made initially, there was a lot of people going, "Oh, we don't know anything about Lincoln. all I know is they've got a seventeen stone striker, so mm, that'd be really then." Um, and it's uh, it's always fun to to kind of speculate, I guess. But yeah, I'm I'm not anticipating a result. I'm just anticipating a a decent showing from us. And I think if we can uh, if we can do it without embarrassing ourselves, then we'll we'll be we'll have a good uh,
1: day. I just if there was three points up for grabs. I'd be more excited. But there's every, of course there's every chance yeah. of a result. Danny and Nicky leave no stone unturned, and we've we've got good results in the past. Mm. Um, Obviously in the in the FA Cup, but we've you know we've we've never shamed ourselves in cup competitions. In my opinion, went to Wimbledon last year yeah. and and matched them for sixty minutes maybe they just probably well, seventy minutes they had the bat opening in twenty minutes and that was it. Mm. Rotherham last year we did very well and I know these are teams that are significantly smaller than Everton um, and yeah yeah it'll be a great day out and yeah when I, when I get on the minibus, it'll be fantastic, um, but I like I. It's, it's the FA Cup. Anything can happen. It's all about the money. If we mm-hmm. get a replay, okay, it's another game we have to cram in, but then it's you know, it's a full house at Sincil Bank, and I've got my ticket, so I'll be all right, Jack, because I've got a season ticket. Do you know what I mean? But I just, I, I, the negativity mm-hmm. around it that came with the build up to the Ipswich games and all of that sort of stuff, I could just do yeah. without, really. But you know, to take five and a half thousand to a Premier League team, once again, he's going to put Lincoln City on the map and have people go in. Actually, do you know what? So much happening down there. And that's not such a bad thing because yeah. it might be an investor that thinks something's happening down there. Yeah. Um, it might be another Premier League yeah. club who go, actually, we'll loan them players. It might be Everton who go, bloody hell, we're impressed with these Cowboys. Let's, you know, let's loan them one of our mm. exciting youngsters. Not the fullback though, Garbutt, that's been at Oxford. Jesus, he's terrible. <laughs> we don't want him. Don't want him Oh, I talked to an Oxford fan the other day. He said he's awful. <laughs> Gar- they call him garbage, obviously, because of the garbage. Clever people
0: in Oxford. Too. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. But um, okay, cool. I think that's probably a, a decent place to to leave it um, for the for the week. Um, hopefully, we're we're coming back next week and we're we're talking about a decent performance and a you know decent. I'd love to. I'd love to be, be sat here talking about a win. Can you imagine? Um, but. More than likely, we'll be previewing uh, next weekend. Um, but as ever, thank you for joining us. Have you got anything you want to plug this week?
1: Uh, fanzine's out. Sold incredibly mm. well yesterday to a point where we will be putting around around 250 quid by the time the coins are turned up, maybe 270 quid directly into the club over the next week or Excellent two. Excellent stuff. Um, so, really, yeah, really excited by that. We've got plenty of copies left. They will be on sale at the Grimsby game, which I think is the next mm-hmm. home game, but they will that you know it's going to be a Christmas special on sale in January. Hmm. But do keep an eye out on the internet because if you are after getting a copy and um, thanks to uh, a mix-up from the printer, I do have a little bit of leeway, so I'm going to be perhaps offering mm. free postage for people that need to get a copy. But um, yeah, keep an eye on the blog for that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, that's that's going to do us for the week and uh, we will see you this same time next Thursday. Thank you very much, guys. See you then. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.